0: Bishop Jeff Clements of the Northern Illinois Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. And this is one of our Talking Together conversations, and it's a pleasure today to welcome Pastor Pam Marola. She is pastor of First Lutheran Church in Galesburg. Hi, Pam.
1: Hey, Bishop. It's oh. my pleasure.
0: Wow. It's been a while since I've seen you face-to-face. This is really very good. And I will say that um, even though we're just getting towards the end of uh, the pandemic, I have every hope that we won't have to be wearing masks very soon. Um, We're both vaxxed and boosted, and you've even had COVID, haven't you? I did. So we're uh, we're safe to have this conversation today. As a a means of introduction, I just want to tell people who you are and uh, why you're here, why I've asked you to come today, because this, uh, this is really kind of fun and exciting for me. Um, Pam and her husband, Vince, are both pastors. Pam serves First Lutheran Church in Galesburg, and uh, if you've never been to uh, First Lutheran Church, it's worth a trip just to see the, the magnificence of the, uh, the edifice. It's quite the worship space. Vince is a hospice chaplain, and uh, I know a partner with you in, in a lot of what you do. So much. So um, you've, uh, you've intersected with uh, uh, North Dakota. I know you've served parishes in both western uh, North Dakota and eastern North Dakota and came to us by way of the Greater Milwaukee Synod. And uh, you've been in Galesburg now since what year? 2012. 2012.
1: 12. Wow. been Nine plus years.
0: Wow. Time just flies by. Yeah, um, I'm just, uh, I'm thrilled. The reason that I especially wanted to talk to you is because you earned your Doctor of Ministry degree from Luther Seminary, which is also where you uh, earned your MDiv. Um, and uh, prior to uh, uh, starting the work, you said you wanted to do, do uh, some, some study in adaptive leadership and adaptive change. And this, this, a couple years ago, a few years ago, I said, what is that? And then the, uh, the, the thesis ended up being titled, Liberated from Mission, Theology of the Cross Informing a Fresh Missional Imagination. Now, that's really intriguing because I'm not sure I know what it means. That's a lot of words. <laughs> <laughs> and you're actually holding the book that you produced, the, uh, the dissertation itself. Let's start right there. How, how did the study go? And
1: what kinds of things did you learn? Oh, I learned so many things. Um, it, you know, it was a four-year process, and really, I wanted to learn more about how the church can align with the mission of God. Um, the the way I like to look at it is, um, you know, old-fashioned horse and buggy stuff. I'm from North Dakota, so, um, you know, do we ask God? to hook on to our team and just ride the wagon that we're driving and ask God to bless us, or do we put God in the lead and hang on for the ride? And my thesis is it's a lot more rewarding to put God in front.
0: Yeah, it would seem to me that a lot of the work of the church has been trying to lead God <laughs> rather than letting God lead us. Um, what, things, uh, what things should we be doing?
1: Um, maybe first I should talk about some things we should not be doing. Okay. Um, you know the old definition of insanity, right?
0: I do. Doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. While, while I was doing my undergrad, which was in church music, from St. Olaf College, so we had a lot of of classes on working with volunteer choirs, volunteer organizations in the church. And one of the things that we also learned as part of that process is that the seven last words of the church are something to the effect of, we've never done it that way before. There are several variations on that, of course. But the church is a system. The, the the larger church is a system, the smaller churches, individual congregations are systems, and it's hard to change a system. Um, it it folks who study you know family systems and uh, um, business systems mm-hmm. know this. It's like um, trying to turn around an ocean liner. If you have a smaller system, it's a little easier to turn it around. Uh, Maybe. Some of the small systems are pretty entrenched as well. But the bigger the system, the harder it is to, to set a different direction.
0: So you can make a change usually quicker, more quickly in a congregation than you can in a denomination.
1: I think that's probably true.
0: But as you're saying... Some of those smaller systems are also very difficult because of a number of d- different circumstances, but it can be very hard to change the culture of a congregation as well.
1: Sure. Um, one of my, my first congregation, my internship congregation, was a teeny tiny town north of Williston, North Dakota. And they wanted to do outreach. Of course, there's 200 people in the whole town. And... First, we had to learn the system, mm. get to know the people, yeah. what makes you tick, what, what drives you, and soon discovered that there was um, an animosity that went back at least two generations between two families. And so I went in and I said, you know, what was this all about? Nobody remembered. But there's no way that people on the north side of town would welcome the people on the south side of town. So we have a little tiny town, and there's no way they were ever going to come together. Yeah, knowing, knowing the community is, is one thing. Um, for me, some of my starting points were uh, along the lines of the mission of God was baptismal vocation, number one. Um, know who we are. Know our context know our identity, which is baptized children of God, Mm -hmm. uh, know our purpose. And in the midst of that is our mission. It's like three Venn diagram circles. Mm -hmm. And in the midst of that is our mission. So we knew we were children of God. We knew we were in a community that um, has struggles. I mean, economically and uh, population shrinkage and just so many struggles. So that's our context. Um, Identity, purpose, context. um, Our our purpose is to love God and love neighbor. We decided to keep it as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, Adaptive leadership is not the same as church growth by any means. So if you're looking at adaptive leadership like, oh, this is going to be a next three-step process to grow my church, no. No.
0: Well, let's let's try to define adaptive leadership mm-hmm. because we've already started a conversation, yeah. but people may not know it, um, and in some circles, it's almost like a buzzword at the moment. it, oh, it seems yeah. to be. So let's let's try to unpack that—a buzzword from a generation ago. Let's unpack that and uh, see if you can tell me what adaptive. Yeah. Well, adaptive leadership. Let's talk about adaptive change and um, and. Uh, uh, kind of the opposite of that, which is technical change.
1: Yeah. What is that you. all about? Thank you. Adaptive versus technical leadership and consequently change really starts with that place of the, the way we always did it isn't working. So let's not keep on beating that dead horse. Um, even though that dead horse may be sacred, um, I would say Adaptive is, is giving the work back to the people. And in that number one thing that I just said there means developing a lot of trust first. Because a technical fix would be, um, let's say, our Sunday school, Sunday school is shrinking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Let's get a better curriculum. Let's get more teachers. Let's beg. Let's beg for more teachers. Mm -hmm. And the adaptive look at that would be, what's our end goal? What do we want for and of and with the young people in our congregation? In our case, we looked at that question, and the answer among the group of people that was working with young people was we want faith formation we want them to grow into disciples of jesus followers of jesus and so we changed our outlook and we put aside the language of christian education because for most of my generation at least that was a very Mm top-down thing And adaptive leadership is not top-down. It's communal. Um, some of the earliest um, examples of, of adaptive um, really were like the Taizé movement, um, communal. Mm-hmm. So we, the first year we started doing this, we got gathered a group of adults and parents and the few teens that would come and said, what are the most important things to you? when it comes to being a follower of Jesus. So we picked um, 30 themes and biblical stories and catechetical um, groundings that we wanted to be able to share with our young people. And we didn't do it in terms of I teach, you learn, but we did it in a four way, kind of a a cruciform way that there's, there's a devotional concept to it There is a worship concept, um, there is mission, um, and there is outreach, and we separate mission and outreach. Um, Mission is specifically looking for God's leading. Um, Getting attached to you know, as as we say in the fancy folks with Latin, missio dei. Getting attached to missio dei. And outreach is specifically caring for our neighbors in their physical needs. Again, adaptive leadership is, it's not like a three point program. Like I'm gonna open up Pam's dissertation and bam, I have all the steps I need because it's so contextual. Hmm. Um, One of the things that I've learned is when I come into a congregation, people expect me to know Bible and to take it seriously. Right. And the first year I was at First Lutheran, we gathered anybody who wanted to, and we studied the Bible from cover to cover. We started in Genesis, and we had a group of readers, and we split it up over the course of a year, and we had two different sessions during the course of a week where we could talk about what we read. And it wasn't uh, me and a set of commentaries. We talked about what we read, and that was extremely eye-opening. Mm-hmm. Um, getting to the prophets, you know, sometimes we had to go through the the version of the Bible which was from the Message, or some you know really um, nothing wrong with that. No, something really um, easy to to hear. Right. But we you know we'd look and we'd say, okay, so just from this section, what does God approve of? What does God disapprove of? Mm-hmm. And suddenly the individual Bible verses that everybody has memorized about who's outside the kingdom of God didn't make quite as much sense anymore. Oh, economic sin is sin. And we started talking about justice issues Mm. from our start in the Bible. Um, You know, violence issues. So really having a grounding in the Bible, I... um, Not everyone in my congregation agreed with my premises, but that's the cool thing is they knew that I took the Bible seriously Mm -hmm. and we could agree to disagree on on all sorts of things.
0: So in adaptive change, you already said that trust is a real important issue. Uh, How do you build that trust? Because I can see where a Bible study like that could be very challenging for some people and uh, a a basis of trust would be helpful there too. Mm How do, you, how do you go about building trust?
1: As a pastor, um, first and foremost, be present. When I got to First Lutheran, I had the secretary print out a sheet of um, members by birth. And so we had this age list from 101 down to the youngest. And the first several pages were all over 80. And as I did the the data, um, 21% of our congregation was over the age of 80. And another 22% was between 70 and 79.
0: And how does that compare to the general population of Galesburg?
1: It's probably a little bit higher. Uh, Galesburg has some younger people. Yeah. And certainly it has the college, colleges. Right, right. So... It is it Galesburg, in general is more diverse than most of our downtown congregations. Mm-hmm. but that also told me from the very beginning, I'm going to be doing a lot of funerals. And that became true. I mean that was a prophecy that fulfilled itself. And um, in those hospital visits, in those conversations with families and doing funerals, That was really um, the spirit's inroad between myself and those families.
0: I think you've made an excellent point, too, because I have found in my ministry uh, that showing up is critical. And if there's one thing, one concern I hear um, very often in like an exit interview when a pastor is leaving a congregation is um, uh, either a lack of pastoral care uh just not being present when they needed to be. So I think that is a a, a great way to build trust. Show up. Mm-hmm. Be with people.
1: Pastor Mike Clark called those the bread and butter visits. <laughs> <laughs> you you do those because that's you know that's just the staple of who you are as pastor. Right. Um the other thing about adaptive leadership is the pastor is not pulling the cart there has to be a group of of empowered laypeople who see a need for a correction and direction mm-hmm. that can't all be the pastor because the pastor is pastor to the whole community so if you look at um, things like diffusion of innovation which is another one of those big words <laughs> But basically, it says, you know, you're going to have a few people who are on board with you at the beginning, a few more and maybe up to half. And then once you hit that halfway point, there'll probably be some more that say, yeah, whatever, okay. And there are some that are still, you know, a small percentage that are dragging their feet and really don't like the direction. You really have to get that first 30 or 40 percent very energized. Before you can change anything, and of course, if you're going to have a vote, you want more than fifty percent. You want solid, right? Um, solid buy-in. Buy-in is a terribly <laughs> commercial word, but you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm borrowing the, the language <laughs> from the culture, though I mean not to.
0: Luther talks a lot about vocation, and this is what you're talking about uh, too. We have this baptismal identity. We are. Given a vocation, multiple vocations, mm-hmm. um, all that can be lived out in the service of, uh, of God and uh, for people like you and me in service to the church. Let's just become part of who I am and sounds like it's part of who you are too. Let's talk a little bit about change again because all change uh, is stressful. Mm-hmm. It stresses a system. And all change involves loss. Even positive change involves leaving something behind. When we talk about adaptive change, uh, it can really cause a disequilibrium in a system, right?
1: Um, let's talk about that a little bit.: Thank you for bringing that up. Um, yes, d- disequilibrium is a really good word for it. I'm surprised I could pronounce it. <laughs> it's it's like standing up in a canoe, don't do it, don't do it <laughs> don't do it, which I think is which is why a lot of churches don't try to do adaptive change even when they know it's a right thing to do um, and and you're right it any change involves grief, and my husband is an expert on grief, yeah. And it's helpful to know that any change um, comes with grief because one of the aspects of, of grief is also anger. And if leaders can take the focus off anger as a personal thing and relegate it back to their grieving, it helps to be able to minister to that person in their anger like, I can go and I can say, hey, I know you're angry. Do you want to talk? Rather than, you know, climbing back in my office and hiding from them. Yeah. Which, you know, it's it's a reaction. Not a healthy reaction, but a, a reaction. So there is that, that disequilibrium when you're trying to make um, a substantial change. Um, for our congregation, it was becoming a reconciling in christ congregation and we had numerous people in the LGBTQIA community already part of our congregation Mm -hmm. and others waiting around the edges to see what we were going to do we had people in the congregation that were yeah we should have done this years ago people in the congregation that were like do we have to? I mean I I see the reason but do we have to? Mm -hmm and the folks on the absolute opposite side of that saying absolutely not because everything I've learned about scripture says that is that's, that's wrong so what we did is we had at least a full year of conversations even before we thought about bringing it to a congregational vote mm-hmm. uh, we had guests we had um, videos we had movies we had people sharing their personal stories. And in the midst of this, there were people whose anxiety level was pretty high.
0: Probably in all three of those groups that you named.
1: Absolutely, and including the pastor. <laughs> um, for me, um, there's, there's some leadership uh, models out there. Heifetz and Linsky write very well um, about controlling the temperature. Mm-hmm. and also being on the balcony and being on the floor yeah. in terms of seeing what's happening on the big scale and being right in it um, so that you are with the people. Um, so if you have high anxiety someplace, reduce it everywhere else that you can. So we sang the most popular Old-fashioned hymns we could during that period because those are things that people hold on to. Um, These are our comfort hymns. You know, if we have to sing Amazing Grace every six weeks, okay. (laughs) You know, it's a great hymn. Uh, But doing other things that that bring the comfort. We're not going to teach a new setting of the liturgy when we're stressing about something else. Um, You know, COVID right now. Oh, my goodness you would think that wearing masks is an adaptive change. Because there are people in our congregations that will say, I'm not coming back until you all take the masks off. That's adaptive work. And so you love everybody because that's your job as a church leader. But you have to go with what's loving my neighbor. And you always keep those missions in front of you first. Like, I love you who hates masks and loves Fox News. I love you. But in this regard, as leaders in this congregation, we're deciding to go with masks for a little while longer.
0: Well, Pastor, thank you so much for joining me today. I've appreciated this conversation. Um, I'm anxious to come back to Galesburg sometime soon, and uh, I will look forward to seeing your congregation and uh, being there uh, uh, with you all. But thank you so much.
1: Oh, it's, it's been a delight to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us. And until next time, remember, I'm walking with you.